All right. So we're picking up Mark 13, uh, verse 28, and we'll be reading through the end of the chapter. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. So Jesus is talking. Um, Learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, basically all the things that Jesus just talked about, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. All right. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so, again, we're reading, as we're reading through the New Testament for the whole year, we've already read Matthew. And um, I think for those on the podcast, you, I don't think we were recording then, so you may not remember. This is, and so I'll be repeating some stuff that you have already heard. Um, this is events that Jesus is talking about. He is not talking about, uh, like, the second coming. Specifically, He is specifically talking about a time of rebellion in Jewish history that's going to be happening, and it starts off in 66 AD. It ends in 79, excuse me, 69 AD, and then finally in 70 with the destruction of the temple. Um, so if you turn back, you will see in verse 14, it says, When you see the abomination that causes desolation standing where it does not belong, let the reader understand Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Um, The abomination of the desolation is a prophetic thing that's talking about. um, I'm going to forget the general's name. It's not it's not Ptolemy. It is. um, It's not Gaius. Um, It is not Vespasian. It is starts with a D. Domitian. Domitian. It is not. It's actually. Sorry, it is Domitian who is emperor, but he sends Vespasian, who's the general. Um, And what Vespasian is going to do is he walks into the temple and he goes right into the holies of holies and sits down, um, which is known as the abomination of the desolation. Um, What that means is that like why it says in that verse, like you should really flee to the Judean mountains. What that means is, hey, it means that Rome has sacked Jerusalem (laughs) like all of the legions, like 20, 30,000 troops, are now in the city. Their general is sitting in the temple. You should get out of there. You are going to die if you don't. Um, and Jesus ends up being very, very right. The people who left, who didn't leave Jerusalem, they all died. Uh, the people who survived were the ones who left. Um, and so, again, I think this is... This is, uh, this is what's called apocalyptic literature in that it's talking about 
things that are to come and it's using metaphors and it's using like strong language. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Is it saying that literally? Is it saying that figuratively? Um, there is a blend of literal and figurative in apocalyptic literature. Uh, but the thing that is important about this particular thing is Jesus is actually talking about a very specific time and it has already happened like in our day. And so we know that it's going to happen very like not far from when Jesus is talking because he says in verse 20, excuse, we'll start with 29. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know what it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Um, and then he says, hey, I don't actually know when this is going to happen. I have, a, I have a broad sense that it's going to happen within the lifespan of this current generation. But angels don't know it. The son doesn't know it. The only person who knows when all this is going to happen is the father. Uh, and so this is what he says. And I think that we'll, we'll circle back to something that's important for us. It says in verse 33, be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servant in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he suddenly comes, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. Um, now, so if you, if you think about, so this is in probably 35-ish A.D., uh, when this is happening, so add 30 years plus five-ish. There's a like, time of like incredible shaking in Jerusalem. Um, the book of Hebrews is written to the church that is experiencing what it is that he's talking about. And so literally, like, you have a church that Jesus is talking about that are going to read a letter that's in the same book that we're reading, the New Testament, about a future time that Jesus is talking about. Hopefully that makes sense. Um, we have, a, we have a similar charge from Jesus. Um, our charge is the exact same. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when the time will come. So there is a time coming when Jesus will come back. And he says the exact same thing to us as he does to the people in that generation. Like, you don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. The only person who knows is the Father. And... I'm assuming at some point, like, the father's going to tell Jesus, hey, the time's here, and Jesus is going to get on his horse, and he's going to come down, and he's going to finish the saving of the world and bring everything back to the way it's going to be. And we are to be on guard and be alert. Like, there is a sense of urgency in the text, um, both here and when Jesus is talking about the things that really have to do with, like, our time. Well, maybe our time. Maybe it's for generations to come. Every generation has thought it was their time. Um, the thing that I was thinking about and praying about this morning uh, was, was that sense of urgency. Um, like, do we actually have a sense of urgency? Because one of the things that the New Testament says is that we should pray for and lean into and hope for that Jesus would come back during our time. Like, that's what we should want. And what that, the, the writers say is that that should provoke a sense of urgency in us, not for our sake but for the sake of people who don't know Jesus. For us, Jesus coming back is a good thing. For others, it is not. 
Like that's not that's that's bad news. Um, and so there should be a sense of urgency in us. Like we have like the we have been we have been given the the gift. Sarah Holloway is is at the door. Um, we've been given the gift that like we've already begun to walk with Jesus and we will walk with him for all of eternity. But there are people who very might well live a Christless eternity. And so there's a sense of urgency because we do not know the hour or the time. We know that all of the things that could be happening within the end times are happening right now. Now, they have always happened. Um, And so for us, there's a sense of like, hey, I can't just be like so happy that my future is secure. Um, And in the good news that I have, that I curse others to live in bad news. And just be like, I'm good. Like, that, that's just not how Jesus chose to live his life. Like, Jesus was good. He did not have to leave heaven. <laughs> like, Philippians talks about, like, look, he poured himself out. He made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. Why? So that at the end of the day, like, every tongue would confess and every knee would bow that Jesus Christ is Lord for the glory of God the Father, so that the reconciliation of all things could happen. He didn't have to do that. But it was good for it was very good for us that he did choose to pour himself out. And so today, what does it look like for us to pour ourselves out and to have the kind of urgency that clearly Jesus had, that clearly the New Testament writers and apostles, disciples of of, uh, of Jesus in that early church had? And I have to wonder, like, j- just I'm not even thinking about like the broader church. I'm thinking about our church. Do we have a sense of urgency? Do we have a sense of urgency? Like, do we see our neighborhood and we see, like, a group of people who, by and large, like, may not know Jesus? Like, is there an urgency behind that? Or is there, like, well, you know, say la vie. <laughs> uh, whatever happens, happens. And so I think that's our, that's our opportunity to be on guard, to be alert, to watch and feel the sense of urgency that Jesus is talking about because of that alertness.